This is the National Medicine Symposium from the Canberra National Convention Centre. One of our keynote addresses for NMS 2018, delivered by Susan Morris, Executive Director, New South Wales Lynch Syndrome Australia, misdiagnosed, misunderstood, missing out the journey for many. Is it for many? Is it for all? It's a journey for many, and particularly people who um, have Lynch syndrome. And Lynch syndrome is, albeit the most common inherited cancer condition, it's unfortunately uh, massively underdiagnosed. So whilst we know that there are 100,000 Australians who carry this genetic fault, unfortunately fewer than 4,000 of them have been diagnosed. So yes, that is a journey for upwards of 100,000 Australians. Let's talk about Lynch Syndrome Australia then. I was unaware that there was a name, an umbrella, for uh, uh, quite a few cancers that are um, related by, well, relatives are the ones who we look at to see, well, if that was in my family, I could be on the receiving end as well. So let's talk about that. Part of the reason for the underdiagnosis is that there are up to 12 different cancers, which most people wouldn't necessarily connect the dots between. So you could have great uncle Joe, who'd um, had a kidney cancer. You could have had on the same side of the family, a grandmother who'd suffered from endometrial cancer. And you could now be having a nephew um, in his early 20s diagnosed with bowel cancer. For most people, you would consider that as an unfortunate family history, not necessarily something that was genetically or in, or, and, 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 and um, genetically connected and inherited. When we have a conference like this, you can deliver the message about Lynch syndrome. You have a captive audience. What will you be saying? Well, I was invited to speak about my personal experience with Lynch syndrome. It's not something that sits necessarily comfortably with me because I am one of... Um, three very um, strong women that have come together to create Lynch Syndrome Australia. In the vacuum of support, care and advice to people with Lynch Syndrome, we formed our own organisation to provide as much information and education for people with Lynch Syndrome as we can. Um, I'm much more used to speaking about um, our surveys, our research, our studies and our goals and our key recommendations. But today I've had to incorporate some of my own personal um, Lynch Syndrome story into that in order to illustrate for the audience what that life has been like both um, under a population health model um, where I've had some care I then had the benefit of um, precision medicine being applied to my own situation and unfortunately the third phase of that is where precision medicine let me down and I think that I was asked to speak because that's a very clear illustration of both the benefits and the potential pitfalls of moving from population health to precision care. Can you step us through that then your story? If I must. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we... Is that uncomfortable? No, 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 that's fine. I'm about to share it with a whole room full of people, oh. so I guess I should get used to it. <laughs> For those who, who aren't here at the symposium, let's share with our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we as a family had a horrendous history of cancer. Both my father um, passed away in his 30s, as had his father and his father's father from related stomach and bowel cancers. But back in the day, if you have to put yourselves back to the early part of the 20th century, into the mid-20th century, um, the assumption always was that cancer wasn't hereditary, that cancer was environmental. Causes were often pollutants, dioxins, all these other kind of things in the environment. And all three men, having worked in either the iron or steel industries, the assumption was that they had become unfortunately ill due to their working environment. Um, 
It wasn't until I was in my um, early 30s that I started thinking a bit more about the family history. But like many people with Lynch syndrome, you have many questions but very few answers. When I arrived in Australia, I did actually receive the benefit of some personalised care, at which point I was diagnosed with um, one of the, the first cancer that I had. And at that point, um, luckily, I had a very cleary gynaecologist who actually um, suggested testing for Lynch syndrome. And that's really where my understanding of what had caused this horrific um, pattern of um, cancer which had affected upwards of two dozen people in our family over five generations then we actually had an answer to all those questions that had arisen and my journey there has, has been over the last six or seven years here in Australia. Where does Lynch syndrome come from? The name itself? Oh well it's named for a remarkable man, um, a man called Dr Henry Lynch Henry Lynch is um, still practicing in his 90s in um, the Midwest of the United States. Dr. Henry Lynch himself was um, the kind of man who ran away from home and joined the Navy at 14 years of age in the Second World War, became a decorated Navy gunner, left the Navy, decided that um, he was a very good boxer and became a pugilist on the back streets of New York. He then decided he would finish his high school diploma, knocked on the door of every, every hospital that he could find and every university hospital to see if they would train him as a doctor. In the 1960s, he was treating a number of families in the Midwest of America and um, he was seeing patterns of multiple cancers, big families, big farming families, 10, 12 people, and seeing six or seven of the siblings struck down very young with aggressive cancers. And he started putting together um, uh, some sort of pattern, looking to see where that might be stemming from. And he found a, a piece of research that had been done in the early 1900s by a German doctor called Dr. Wharton, who had, who had noticed a pattern of cancers in his um, uh, in in his seamstress's family, and had written this up as a paper. And once he'd done that, um, it was forgotten. Dr. Henry Lynch resurrected this research and started uh, applying for grants to research. Year after year, decade after decade, he was both um, marginalised and derided for his concept that uh, cancer might be hereditary. Fast forward to today and we find out that he's actually known as the father of cancer genetics because the rest of the world caught up with Dr. Henry Lynch and his understanding of cancer genetics and he's now lauded as, uh, as a world leader and the father of cancer genetics. So it just shows you how um, both um, fashions and patterns and research can change and this was a man who, despite the lack of money, did the research anyway. What an amazing story. It's definitely a book worth writing. <laughs> Your health is good now? Um, I'm currently on um, a clinical trial for metastatic cancer. I'm I've been in receipt of a clinical trial for um, a very new immunotherapy drug. And immunotherapies are being regarded by some people as the holy grail, as the magic bullet. Um, unfortunately, they are only successful for certain patients and certain types of cancer tumours and um, all I can say is nobody knows what the future holds because um, there is no data. Once you're on a clinical trial you are the data and um, uh, fingers crossed um, I'm feeling very well and going very well and I will stay on this clinical trial as long as they'll have me. Well, you're speaking at a conference or a symposium where the, the theme, one of the themes is the future is now so you are very very positive about your future. <laughs> I'm the embodiment of the, the <laughs> 
theme of the conference, I suspect. But I very much hope to be here in many years to come to see so much of the exciting concepts, ideas and um, the, the developments that we've heard about over the last couple of days coming to fruition. What has resonated with you specifically? Well, One particular thing you take from here? It's, it's, I don't want to focus on something negative, but I was very interested yesterday with Dr. Ray Moynihan's talk around overdiagnosis. And whilst I fully understand um, the, the thrust of the argument and, it's, and, and, and understand why that could potentially be a problem, what I felt was unaddressed is once you have the technology, Pandora's box is open. So you're able to diagnose people, therefore people will be diagnosed. So unless you're arguing to keep people in the dark about information you have about their health, what you need to be addressing is not uh, not under-diagnosing people or not diagnosing them. What you need to be focusing on is the need to... Um, have a conversation with people about what that might mean for either treatment or not treatment. But you have to have a conversation as an adult with that patient and you have to treat them with full respect because you cannot keep people in the dark. Once Pandora's box is open and that technology is there, people will want to know. The, diff- the, the difficult part of that, which is much harder for clinicians, is to have that conversation. And almost to my mind, the overdiagnosis argument is going in the wrong direction because what that's looking at is trying not to, to diagnose people in the first place. We can't do that. What we have to learn to do is have a really sensible, mature conversation about that information once it's out in the open. What excites you about Lynch syndrome being part of a symposium like this? We, uh, I can't tell you how excited we were to have been approached by NPS Medicine Wise and that invita- when that invitation was extended to come along here today and have the opportunity and the floor to just use Lynch Syndrome as an example of a group of people who are misdiagnosed, misunderstood and missing out on treatment because there are so many wonderful things happening in this field. As we heard um, yesterday around um, uh, Aboriginal Torres Strait Island groups of people, there are marginalised people throughout Australia and the, the, the real challenge, be it within the healthcare or in the wider society, is to bring everybody along on that exciting journey and not leave anybody behind. Thank you for bringing your journey here to the symposium and thank you for sharing on our podcast. You're very welcome. And good luck with your health. Thank you very much.